Welcome back, you guys, to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. I am Blair Dreesen, and I am your host, and with me is my wonderful co-host, Jenny Ryerson. Hello, hello, hello. You're supposed to go, hello. 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 <laughs> this is actually how me and Jenny say hello to each other when we get on the... <laughs> Every time we answer each other's phone calls, it's like, Hello. Hello. <laughs> I love it. I don't even know why that started. I know. Or if we hear from Lorelai, it's always good morning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh my gosh, I could totally pull that up and we could play that. <laughs> I could literally probably have a 20 remix. of them. We can do a remix. Good morning. <laughs> just with Lorelai's good mornings. <laughs> I don't know if that's a funny thing that you guys do with your besties, but I just know like me and Jenny, I feel like we've done this for like for forever. <laughs> always how we say hello to each other it's just a weird like natural thing yeah I have that I have something similar like with different friends but it's a different thing you know it's like hello <laughs> I say that a lot <laughs> with one particular friend and then I actually my other my friend um she says bye and she says bah and I started, I noticed when I'm with her, I started, or when I talk to her on the phone, we talk on the phone often, I'll be like, I'm like, okay, well, have a good night. Bah! And I'm like, oh my God, I totally just stole that from her. <laughs> like, but I only say it to her, only to her. I said, bah, bah. That's so funny. Well, you're the only person that when I really get on the phone with, I'm like, no. <laughs> I got voices. I don't know. I always joke with you and other people who I'm close to. I'm like, I don't know how you guys handle my voices. Like, I'm just like... Because I have voices for days. <laughs> I know. It's going to be really funny just being more consistent with these podcasts and things like this. Like, somebody just popping on and just hearing these random voices. Like, who's that? Who's that? Oh, it's just Jenny being Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They've been listening to me for... Oh, my gosh. Couple how years long now? now? Yeah. So... They've dealt with my voices, so. Good. <laughs> and if you're new to the podcast, yeah. you're going to hear lots of voices. If you're new to the podcast, there are technically two people on here, but we'll see how <laughs> <we> hear from. <laughs> so I'm excited for this conversation. Me and Jenny, yes. really funny uh, story is that before we even started recording this, we were supposed to start recording like two hours ago. <laughs> but in true Jenny and Blair fashion, we got on, we started chatting, we started getting into things. We started, cause we always try to figure out like, well, okay, what are we going to talk about? Um, because this is really the beginning of our podcasting journey now really with each other. So yeah. if you're just hopping on and, and you're like, Oh, um, it's been a while since I've joined the podcast. You can uh, listen to the last two episodes prior to this and kind of just get caught up of like where we're at and how Jenny joined um, Spiritually Intimate and is now my co-host and like all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and check out those two podcasts. But this is really fun because this is going to be the first time that me and Jenny really get to jam out on a topic together. And so we've been kind of just sitting back um, the last couple months really just trying to figure out like what do we want to talk about? What are the conversations we want to have? What's the kind of content we want to build? What are the resources we want to provide? Um, we talk a lot about that in the episode before this. So definitely go back and listen to like the direction of like where we're headed as a company and our vision and things like that. But when we got on before we started this podcast, we're just kind of figuring out like what feels good to us to jam out on. And we were just yeah. talking about so many things, but the overall arching theme was kind of this like, what the 
fuck is going on right what now? What the fuck <laughs> is going on right now? And that might sound like uh, we're late to the conversation, but that's just <laughs> not the case because every day is a new what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Seriously, this concept, this, this, what's going on with the collective, what's going on with humanity, what's going on in the spiritual world and the 3D world, all of it is just like, what the fuck is going on? And I think for you and I, the reason it's kind of sometimes gets harder for us to nail down a topic is we always want to do it um, service minded and heart led, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, we might've discussed a couple days ago what we wanted to talk about, which we did yep. and we got on today. And we're like, you know, that doesn't feel like the most important thing that we can say right now. So what mm -hmm. do we want to say? And whenever you and I are thinking about uh, what do we want to say, it's always based in what do we feel needs to be heard versus yeah. just what do we want to talk about um and so that's let we just kept coming back to like what the fuck is going on like, <laughs> and yeah and, and and with that we also we don't want to feed into breeding more fear because we yeah. see that that's when we th think about like what the fuck is going on and you look at the collective level it's just a lot of fear right now there's so yeah. much fear building within the collective and so the mass majority or the mass majority is, even if, you know, you, you maybe don't think that you are, a lot of us are just, we're responding out of fear states and we are just, our bodies is getting so triggered from so much exterior pressure from so many different things. And I mean, we could see here and list off all the things, which we're not going to, because we already probably know what they all are. And that's again, like what we said, this conversation is not about bringing up more fear stories or hammering down all the things that I feel like are almost at sometimes at nauseum being, um, discussed, um, that just creates more fear. So instead let's have, um, a healthy conversation, me and Jenny just talking about like, okay, but now what? Okay. You know, the exterior is doing what the exterior is doing, but let's kind of like look inward. And because yeah. this is really what the, the journey is about, right. Is like, us on this path, on this journey and us. Um, and I should say not just us, but us and our relationship with spirit, source, God, universe. This is a huge piece of my spiritual journey is that connection between me and the creator and the divine and however you articulate that and believe in that. But that is literally what I know to be true of us and our existence here in humanity is that connection that we have and me working on myself, me coming back to love, me working through my own shadows, me healing my own traumas, traumas that I've either experienced here in my own human experience or traumas that I've brought with me through past, you know, um, the, the collective that I brought with me. Um, but that's literally what I believe that I'm here to do. And I believe that we as humanity is really here to do. And as, as long as we focus on healing ourselves and, and doing the work for ourselves and that connection between us and the divine, like it's amazing the ripple effect that that has. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we always hear like these, these cliches or these adages about, you know, like choose love over fear and do everything in love and like fear is, you know, resistance and things like that. And that's kind of where we're at collectively. And we are just like, feeding off of the fears of each other's fears that we didn't know that we had before. And you and I, we were talking about this before we hopped on to actually record is you and I are both such huge advocates of what it means to 
embrace the shadow, you know, mm. because without the dark, without the shadow, again, here's the cliches and the adages, but without the, um, the darkness and the shadow, you can't find the light. You can't see the light. And I was mentioning to you earlier also that it, it's almost as if we are in this collective dark night of soul. Mm. And, um, with that happening, it's hard because we're all having these experiences individually and then collectively as well. And we're all influenced differently by those fears and how they show up for us, you know? And, um, you know, we can look at it through any modality. Obviously, we know the lens that I use, it's human design. And so um, within human design, you have people who are um, literally taking on the emotional fears of other people if they have that open solar plexus oh, you have people me. Yeah, <laughs> like me you have people who have open splenic centers hello that's hello me. that's you <laughs> <laughs> and this the splenic center is all about our um our, our well-being in the now and how we feel immediately and so whereas the solar plexus picks up the um the fear of the, the emotions of other people the spleen can pick up the fears of other people so imagine walking around i can imagine how huge this is for you walking around with this emotional or open emotional center solar plexus and this open splenic center you know safety and fear mm -hmm. and you are just taking that all in um and then there's other places like myself i have open head and ajna i know you have open head as well and so I am consumed by the thoughts of people um, and not knowing if those thoughts are mine or not. And so we have this, this discord, no matter what is open in your, in your human design or whatever modality you study most, there is the, whether it's auras, whatever that might be, but there is this genuine, um, attack for lack of a better word from other people's energies emotions experiences and fears that are coming over all of us and there's this um kind of wonder if quarantine is helping or hindering that you know yeah. we were talking about that right before we started to court exactly. is, is, does this help or hinder yeah, because I was saying, wow, quarantine could maybe be a blessing for all of these open centers and the trauma that the collective is feeling right now. So at least quarantine is preventing us from being in a lot of other places that we'd be taking on even more than just from the collective, just from those open centers, kind of energetically. Um, at least we're not around a bunch of people, you know, at parties at the mall you know we're doing these in spurts versus before we just were free out out and about and then you did you want to share what you said before? yeah yeah and i and i felt and, and this could just be my personal experience because like jenny said no so, i guarantee other people are feeling it <laughs> when you said, like, oh that makes sense yeah yeah so for me so uh, like jenny was saying that she really sees the the world with the lens of human design it's definitely something that i feel like um has really shifted a lot for me the more that i've embraced human design learned about human design, worked with it within my own self and also with my clients as well as like better understanding their human design so that I can be more supportive with them and getting them to understand their human design as well. I think it is really super pivotal, um, within my shifts and my changes. And I definitely think that, um, in the future, we'll definitely be talking more about this because I think like more and more people are opening up to human design and they want to understand it more. But so for me, me and Jenny are both projectors. I talked about this on the, uh, the Instagrams um, to share that the funny thing is, is that Jenny and me are both projectors. Spiritual Intimate as a business entity is a projector. I'm a four one. Jenny and the business are both one fours. So it's just like, 
we're very similar in a lot of ways. And when you share profile numbers too with somebody, that can be something that you can have a lot of similarities in, yes. even if you're not the same energy type. Profile numbers can really. Um, so, like yeah. me and Jenny are very close on a lot of things, and we're born like two and a half weeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> 20 days. Yeah. 20 days. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're fifth and I'm 25th. Yeah. Right. Which I'm an Aquarius and she's a Pisces, but she's like, you're on the cusp of Aquarius. So we have a lot of similarities in many ways within our charts. So it's very interesting. So, but the one thing is that what we do, do different is that Jenny is a, um, an energy projector mm-hmm. and I'm a, um, no, I'm not a mental. I'm a, I'm a classic projector, but I only have like three defined centers. So I have like a yeah. lot of openness in my chart. So I'm absorbing a lot of people's energies. So like, and, I have, and I have more definition than most projectors. Yeah. So you're pretty defined. I'm pretty, for a projector, I'm pretty defined. I think that uh, our friend Patsy is the only other projector I've seen as defined as myself. Oh yeah. 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 So for me and my openness, um, like what Jenny was saying, how, you know, I have my open emotional center. So I'm feeling everyone's emotions. And then my open spleenic center, I'm feeling everyone's fears. On top of everything else that I'm fucking feeling, right? Um, the original question of this, holy moly, we're, we are getting there to my answer of that. <laughs> Was that this is what you can expect from the spiritually intimate podcast <laughs> or just a self-projected projector, just self-projecting all the things like I'm going to take you along for the story, which is funny because that's all in my chart too. Like I will tell the stories of the things. Um, and so I get, um, I was feeling like when she said that I was like, I don't know, because for me personally, it feels 10 times heavier when I do, even though, yes, I go out probably less than I did before. But when I do go out, the amount of energy and denseness and fear and overwhelm, it's, it's exhausting. It's overwhelming. It's, it's really hard. And it can literally almost shift my entire emotional state. I have to be so intentional and mindful and know then when I get home and I've, I've been out and if I notice like a whole shift in my energy, it's like, because I've probably, I just picked up so much stuff when I was out because I am, I'm just feeling so much when I'm out and about. Yeah. And I think that it can be both of those things too, right? Like, so quarantine is kind of protecting us from like being out there when it is that heightened, because when you do go out, it is that heightened and somebody who doesn't have the same awareness to what they're bringing in or what they're drawing in to themselves is going to have an even harder time of releasing it, letting it go, or even naming it as not theirs because the way conditioning works is everything Mm. feels like ours. And you understand human design the way that you and I fortunately do. And when I talk to my clients about that. I teach them how to work with their open centers to recognize before they go into a situation, um, or even if they didn't have that opportunity, how to backtrack and work out like We'll use emotions as an example. Um, I had a, I had a friend um, who was every time she was intimate with her fiance, um, if he was going through something, it would be very hard for her after they shared a bed together to like get rid of his emotions, especially around the time where he lost his father. She would just have this 
she would, she would take on these huge, big emotions that weren't hers and she didn't know how to release them. And so, um, one of the things I teach my clients is if you are going into an emotionally charged situation. So like for you right now, going to the grocery store is an emotionally fear, like causing situation, not for you when you're going, but once you're there. Yeah, and I can just so what feel I, everybody's shit around yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it's almost like you put up this energetic barrier where you go and you say, okay, I'm going to go in this store. There's going to be people wearing those ma these masks and these masks can maybe represent the fear that they're holding inside. And um, I know that these belong to them. I know that this isn't my fear. And if you can address it before you go into the situation, like mm -hmm. I told my friend, I said, no, going into it, that you are going to be connecting with him in this divine way. And it's going to open up your open centers even more. And you're going to take that on. But then when you, when she leaves that situation or like for you, when you leave the grocery store, it's easier to be like, okay, everything that just attached to me is not me. It does not serve me. It is not mine. And I'm going to release it. I always say recognize and release, or once you can name it, it's easier to release it. So yeah. knowing that you're going into these hypercharged situations, knowing that you're going to be in fear-based scenarios makes it a little bit easier to recognize that. And obviously knowing what you're taking on you knowing if you're taking on an emotion or a thought is also very different oh because yeah the way our bodies navigate and try and process they try and process everything together as one a fear is different from a thought is different from an emotion is different from a connection all of those things are very different so where are you taking in these energies from other people and is it a fear-based emotion or is it a fear itself is it a thought of a what if could happen an anxiety you know is what we say about the future, the future, worrying about the future is anxiety. Um, and those kind of things can help you kind of navigate and get those, those things under control. Like I always joke with people with open head and Ajna or open head specifically. I'm like, did you know, I'm like, do you have anxiety? And like, they'll be like, yes. And they'll be like, mm, what would it feel like if I told you you were not meant to have anxiety? <laughs> and they'd be like, um, I don't know. Isn't that like a medical thing? I'm like, yeah, but you were not here to have anxiety. Neither was I. And yet my son my son's doctor diagnosed me with anxiety after meeting me for like three minutes. And then my doctor did the same thing. I was like, no, I don't have anxiety. And they're like, oh my gosh, your textbook. I'm like, oh, okay. But what happens is because I've been around anxious people, the conditioning is there. And then with any open center, this is something we hadn't touched on yet. With any open center, you aren't just taking on that emotion or that fear or that thought. You are then amplifying it. So whereas with that open center, you are meant to kind of stay in this neutral zone once you've mastered it and deconditioned it. But what happens is you take on this emotion. So you might take on this sadness and then you amplify it and it becomes part of you in that moment, in that timing and whatever. So you take on this fear and then that fear kind of amplifies. So what you weren't fearful of when you left your house, you've now acquired this fear and now you're going home and the fear is kind of festering and growing. And that adds to the tension in the collective as well. Which I saw this totally play out uh, like last week with me and my husband. So me and my husband both have open emotional centers and we are just, we were picking up so much stuff and we were just really upset and we were really just like coming from our emotions like it was just like the bickering back and forth like it was literally it was such an emotional charge between me and him 
And once I really realized like, oh my God, this is like not even our shit. Like this is not my emotions. This is not my husband's emotions. Like we literally just need to like calm the fuck down and realize that right now we're just bringing all the stuff that we have literally absorbed from, you know, all my stuff during the day, the things that I have going on, then he's bringing stuff home from work, all the things that he's um, soaking in. And then we're, we were just like literally dumping them on each other. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> we just need to clear this out better. Right? Like we just need to clear things out a lot more. So we're not showing up in these fears, traumas, wounds that weren't ours. And not to say you guys that like, I, we're not going to have emotions. Like I'm not going to have my own emotions or my husband's not going to have his own emotions. It's just that for an open center, typically what is being really fueled and really magnified is like nine times out of 10, it's not even really your stuff that's amplifying it. You might've had your own emotion, but then it got amplified by like the masses and the collective has just like made it that much bigger. So now all of a sudden you're identifying as the emotion. And I feel like I used to do this for a really long time too, where I would be like, well, I'm depressed. I am depressed. And I was like, I'm a depressed person. And I would start literally attaching my character and my being all the stuff to all of my emotions versus being able to now better separate myself from all of the emotions that I do experience and that I amplify <laughs> in my life. Um, Absolutely. That amplification. Yeah, that can be, that can, when people don't know better or they don't have the tools in their tool bag to kind of correct that, um, it can be really bad. You know, let's say the other example I use with my clients is like, if you're going into your girlfriend just got broken up with and you're going there to support her and you know, she's telling you and she's sad and you know, uh, you leave the lunch, you guys met for lunch, you leave the lunch and you're in, you go and you go home and, and you're just sad. And all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, I just want to watch a sad movie or I want to like, you know, just, I want to read a sad book or I'm sad or then your significant other or your kids come home. They're like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, I just kind of feel off. I just kind of feel sad, but I don't really know what I'm sad about. And then whatever the next thing is that you could potentially be sad about that maybe would have only been a two on the sadness scale. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it's a nine. You know, yep. it's, it's amplified because the emotion has been set in place and you're looking for a place to give it because you haven't excused it from your energetics yet. And so it's there and it's just waiting to like grow. And it's like, now you have this thing to be like, oh, maybe that's what I'm sad about. Boom. Amplified. Maybe that's what I'm scared of. Boom. Amplified. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Boom. Amplified. You know, so you have all this amplification going on in these open centers where a lot of the world right now is in survival mode. Yeah. You know, for being honest, because fear kind of breeds that survival mode. And that's where that, that splenic center kind of starts going crazy. Like, this is good for you. This is not good for you. And then having it open, it's like, I don't know what's good for me. <laughs> the rest of the world, the rest of us trying to tell you with open splenic centers, like, what's good for you? And then you're just like, shut well, up. I mean, in, the, in our body or our brain is literally set up as a survival system. It's like, if you think about when you're born and you know, your brain is operating and it's 
all the systems, you know, your breathing, your eating, your, all that stuff. Like that's what the brain is there to do. It's literally here to keep you alive. Like everything that it is designed to do is to ensure your safety and your survival. So when we have all this exterior stuff going on, that is literally, it feels like an attack to our system and all it can't differentiate you know, the different types of fears that are out there of things to, to be scared of. I, I, I talk about this all the time with my clients with this whole, like, it can't differentiate between, you know, um, basically like it's, they call, you know, the, the lizard brain or the ego brain, um, when it's, it's correlating to like when we used to live essentially out in the wilderness, yeah. you know, when we were, we were always in this survival mode and our brain was constantly scanning the environment, whether you think it is or not, your brain is constantly scanning your environment 24 seven. It's looking for things to ensure that you're safe and alive. And it's operating all the time with, you know, just the normal things that your body's doing with your nervous system and all the, the other things. And so it, it can't differentiate when it's getting different things from your nervous system or hormones that are being activated by, oh, this is an outside thing, like a bear that's about to attack me and eat me. That is going to create certain hormone responses and releases that the brain is going to like interact with and be like, holy shit, I need to do da 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 in order for us to be safe. The brain does the exact same thing, especially in a time like this when we have like massive collective stress going on all around us and we have massive things that are really creating a feeling of my safety, my home, my children, my livelihood, my income, my health, my education, my all the things that we depend on for our survival as a collective feels threatened in one way, shape, or form. Now, all of a sudden, our body is releasing all of those same hormones that like a bear is going to come and eat me. And now we're responding to all of these things in the exact same way, because that is literally what the brain is here to do. And so we don't recognize it when it's happening. And I think even for those of us that are more aware of it, you know, like I know I'm really aware of these things. I know Jenny's really aware of these things. It doesn't mean that me or Jenny don't still experience the moments that our body is just naturally, our nervous system goes into the fight or flight. It naturally goes into survival mode. It naturally is being triggered because we all, like Jenny was saying, we either have these open centers in us that we have these energies coming in from other people, other fears, other thoughts, other whatever, but we also are carrying our own traumas that have happened in our life. And we have all experienced trauma. I think that's the biggest misconception is people, when they hear the word trauma, they're thinking in their mind, I never experienced a trauma, a big trauma. They associate all trauma with these big blatant things like the death of a loved one at a young yeah. age or being abused or um, being raised um, maybe in a really like, you know, unsafe environment or, you know, whatever the case may be, they attach what they think trauma is. And the reality is we have big traumas and we have little traumas. Um, and all of us experience little traumas. They're micro traumas. Um, there's some traumas that you don't even, ex don't even understand that it's a trauma to you, but that's because as an adult, you're not understanding or remembering that as a child, you absorbed information completely differently as you do as an adult. And as a child, when you don't have the same way to 
um, really consciously be aware of everything that's going on in your life, you absorb all the information differently. And so you're absorbing all this information for the first, you know, seven years of your life. And you're absorbing information even when you're in utero with your mother, you're experiencing all sorts of information, which I've told you, Jenny, I would love to go down that rabbit hole. That's a whole (laughs) other thing. That was something that really like, and I can share that like later when I had like a massive, like eye-opening experience within my own spiritual journey of like what that like relationship in the womb was for me, like what I probably absorbed in at that time. But that's like a whole other story. But the reality is, is that we're, our brain is also kind of like a, um, it's like a massive Google search, right? (laughs) It is literally going to be like, you know, in any situation, how do I make money? How do I da da da? How do I do this? And it literally pulls from past experiences. So it literally pulls up everything that has ever happened in your life or the things that you've experienced, good and bad. And it literally goes through and it's trying to figure out what's the safest way for me, not the best way, maybe not the simplest way, maybe not the, even the correct way. I even hate seeing the correct way, maybe more the aligned way, right? It's literally looking for the safest way. And so it's created its own idea of what looks like safety because of what has kept you safe in the past, Mm -hmm. old coping mechanisms, old way of responding. And so on a grander scale, if you really want to say it, we're not all just reacting from a state of fear. We're literally all reacting from a state of like your three-year-old self or a five-year-old self. Like that's really what starts happening is because that's where it pulls from. It pulls from the initial seven years of your life that where you really adopted certain ways to cope and to feel and to operate and to feel safe. And the brain goes back to that. Like it literally goes right there. Like, oh, it was safe when we did this. So now we're going to do this. And I feel like this is also why, like right now you, like I can firmly and admit that the last year has especially, um, it's been the hardest time for me to stay consistent with my own self-care practices, because I feel like I've been getting a lot of things externally coming in that I just, my human self wants to go back to like, not, not really, um, how do I say this? Like I did, I, I tend, I like, it's almost like, I don't intentionally want to deal with that right now. <laughs> like, defense mechanism. Defense mechanism. I'm just not going to deal with that right now. <laughs> if you ignore it, it'll go away. <laughs> I know, right? That, that never works. <laughs> a huge philosophy of my life in my twenties was like, ah, oh, we'll just ignore it. It'll go away. Uh, uh, doesn't work. No, it no, does no. not work, unfortunately. Yeah, I had a good, I have a, a good friend and she was even better at that, that whole philosophy. Like we joke about it to this day. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah. And she's like, gosh, I used to just ignore everything. She would ignore humans, situation, situations, like relationships. Like um, there is something really funny that just triggered in my head. I, I wish I could remember what show. I'm just going to say it. And then if the show comes to me, um, 
oh, that's going to drive me crazy. I don't remember what it is. But um, somebody, it's a girl, and she's talking about how confrontation is really hard for her. And that, um, oh, I think it was The Office. Yeah, I think it was The Office. <laughs> I was going to say, is it The Office, Jenny? It's probably The Office. It's something for me. It's probably The Office. Yeah. Um, and um, she's saying um, that she, she never even broke up with her, her kindergarten boyfriend. And in <laughs> fact, she still, she still owed him an anniversary present <laughs> or something like that. She goes, oh man, I forgot. I owe him an anniversary present or it's our 20 year anniversary or something like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so my friend, like just ignoring the situation, not wanting confrontation. But like, now that I know the things that I know about how trauma lives in those open centers, it's clear why those things happen and why it's easy for us to relate back, uh, rely back on those fears and the things that gave us safety back in those, in those times. And even though I never like to say that the universe is testing us, but when these lessons come back up or these situations come back up, sometimes reverting, like you said, sometimes reverting to those old habits or patterns that got us through those, um, then are not what's correct for us now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with this, with the collective being in this survival mode and being really fear-based right now, um, people are in that survival mode. And you use the example of the bear, which is so funny because when I learned about the three different types of the stages of the brain, you know, the bear example is just kind of a, a thematic thing that kind of runs through those lessons, apparently, because I know we didn't learn them from the same person. <laughs> um, but, you know, their survival, the survival brain is there for a reason, because when that bear is standing in front of you, it is the one that is going to save you. However, yeah. it's not going to help you in other parts, like, and where you have, like, I think it's the, when I was learning, it, when I was studying it, like, the executive brain is the one that, like, like, if you, if the bear was in front of you, and you're in your executive brain, which is where, you know, a good place to be normally, but if the bear is standing in front of you, you're just like, oh, is that a black bear? Or is that a brown bear? I don't know. Those claws look pretty big. I wonder if they're sharp. Ah! And then you're dead. <laughs> right? Because your executive brain, I think it's, I, I kind of have that wrong, but you're analyzing it, right? You're yes. just like, and I mean, for me, being that one line, like you said, I'm a one four, being that one line, I would totally be studying the bear. I would just be like, oh, yeah, look, oh, let me get my, let me search my best friend Google. Um, oh, yeah, that's definitely black Selfie. bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this is going on the gram. <laughs> Um, but so the, that, that survival brain is there and it does serve a purpose. It really does. But, um, going back to what you were saying about the brain's functionality and how it's meant to make sure the other systems in our body are functioning properly. What it's not there for is for us to get lost in thought. It's not there for like pros and cons and things like that. It's really not all that. That's the, ab that's the abdication of authority that we give it. None of us should be making any kind of decisions yeah. based on our brain. I know that was like the biggest thing that I think when I took that away with it's human huge. design, yeah, it was like, you hard. are not supposed to be making decisions from your brain. None of us. None, None of, us. of us. There's not one inner authority that involves brains. And so no. when I have clients and I'm trying to teach that content, you should like, they're the, like, like, what? The eyes are like, what? Especially what, as, I, us, as open heads, because yes. we are like chronic overthinkers. Yes. Oh my gosh. My like, wait, what? I no, I'm supposed to overthink this to death because that's what I've yeah. always done in the past. Yeah, whenever I'm teaching sacral intuition or splenic authority and yeah. I'm just like, okay, so if you make a pros and cons list, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> or, <laughs> what I like yeah. to do now, what I like to do now, if I have a combination of like open head and Ajna and they have like sacral authority or splenic authority, I'll like make it sound like it's like a good, I, you guys horrible. Don't ever work with me. This is... <laughs> You don't listen to her. <laughs> I'm She's <great>. amazing. <laughs> I am. 
I'm amazing. I'm my biggest cheerleader. Actually, Blair is my biggest cheerleader. But um, no, but I'll that's because like, those projectors we see the other person's success. That yes, yeah, and I don't know. Did we talk about that on the other podcast where you're my 48? And I call you my 48. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, <laughs> you've always been my 48. Um, but anyway, so I'll say to my clients, I'll just be like, "Do you make pros and cons lists?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, I do." I'll be like, "Oh, then you're doing it wrong. Let's yeah. not." Do that anymore. <laughs> but it's true. I but just that's what that they teach me. us. Think about yes. that, you guys. Think about how yes. many times your parents, your teachers. Think this out logically. Yeah. Like, make a pros and cons. What's the logical decision What's here? What's the logical? Yes. And it's like the logical decision is to not trust anything above your neck. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's above your neck, it's not for your decision making and or your sure, processing. When you think about it, too, you guys, like, like really honestly think about, like, some of, like, the biggest – so I always, I always tell people, like, the – the most amazing things that have ever happened for you or the things that you've ever really leapt for in life where you really took a big jump in faith for something. Did it make any logical sense? Like literally think about it. Like it never makes logical sense whatsoever. Everything that has ever like completely transformed my life at first didn't make any logical sense when I decided to do it. And I think like, and think about just like in history and, and just certain things like that, or like, I mean, if, you know, conversations with like the divine or God or spirit, d- does God sound like that? <laughs> they, do they make any logical sense sometimes with the things that you hear, like the downloads that you receive when like spirit is talking to you and guiding you? It doesn't make any fucking logical sense. And it's because it's not supposed to make logical sense. Yeah. <laughs> if it if it was supposed to make logical sense, we would um, incarnate in this life with not the blueprint imprinted in our DNA, where we mm-hmm. we have to like remember and figure this shit out. We would come out of the womb with the guidebook for our own lives, oh, or yeah. our mothers would hand it to us on our first birthday. But that's <laughs> not what happens, right? We're here to we're here to kind of navigate what it looks like to try and figure out the brain body connection and understanding that our soul our higher self is always going to know best and we do have these tools that we can use um for our in you know in human design we call our decision making process um our authority and if you learn what your authority process is then it is easier for you to get out of that headspace when it comes to logical thinking decision making and things like that and you'll recognize when you do learn your authority that there's a part of you that remembers that Mm-hmm. or that can recognize those patterns in your life. When I learned about being an emotional authority um, um, and some of the things that come along with that, like the fact that we are never 100% certain. And so after you make your decision, you're going to have this percentage of you that says like, ooh, was that the right decision after the fact? And as long as you can be 70, uh, 70 to um, 85% certain that a decision is for you, then it's a yes. But you know that those little, that little naysayer, that little gremlin is going to come on your shoulder and be like, yeah, it wasn't the right decision. And then you can be like, nah, bitch, I did my process. I waited my 24, 48 hours. I rode my emotional wave. This is for us. You can still be here naysaying, but you're the smaller percentage. So we're going to go with this. But then I could look back at the bigger decisions in my life and remember and recall there was always that doubt there was always a small percentage of doubt. And so that made me recognize that 
wow, this authority does feel correct for me. So maybe next time I don't have to do the pros and cons list. I don't have to weigh it out. I don't have to have an option A through F if it crumbles. I can be more present. I can be more aligned and I can focus on this way of decision-making and you know, navigating it that way versus always being in the head where none of us are supposed to be. It's just... Well, and plus too, like if you guys are, are clicking into this, the overarching theme is really, it is coming back to self. It is coming yeah. back to, into your own energy. It's clearing out everyone else's energy, which I get the collective energy is super fucking heavy right now. I get it. It's dense. Um, and I genuinely like sides side note, I couldn't really understand. Like recently I was I've been over the last couple of months, I've been getting this really big intuitiveness that didn't make a whole lot of logical sense for me of to literally just kind of almost shut off from social media and not engage and be creative in a sense of like me having my voice or me sharing content, which is normally what I always have done over the course of what, I mean, I've been um, building businesses online for what, like eight years now? Has that been that long? Oh yeah, God, that's crazy to me. It's eight years now. Um, and so I've always been creating content. I've always been sharing. And as a projector, that is naturally what I'm here to do is really just like, is to use my voice and to really shine light for other people and really, um, and just like guide people through my own experiences right? And, and to support and guide. And that can look in like a multitude of different ways. I think when people hear the word projector and they hear all those things, they think, oh, does that mean I got to go be a healer, a coach, a mentor? And it's like, no, you can do this in so many different ways, you guys. That's just for me, what naturally feels right for me. And when you look at my design as a whole, it's literally written throughout my entire design um, that this is what I'm supposed to do. So it felt very, not logically made no sense and I literally was saying this to last week to Jenny, like, I don't understand it, but I, the more I feel like I want to try to create, I keep getting this, like, I, I need to just like sit here and listen and just observe and just watch and just be in this like total deep projector mode and continue to not make a whole lot of sense, even though, and this is the funny thing, I, I know certain things about my chart, but Jenny, you would even said like, it's interesting how we'll learn things about our chart and it doesn't always certainly land with us until like in the moment that we're maybe in the thick of something. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. And I had that where yeah. all of a sudden it started to, I guess, make sense to my logical brain. It started the to make application, sense. The application of it made sense. Yeah. yeah the application the started to make have. sense. Yeah. 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 Was this, I'm supposed to do this because of my gate 13. It's all about being a listener, listening with love. And in order for me to continue doing the things that I'm doing right now, collectively, like this is the most I've spoken and engaged energetically outward with other people right now, because even though maybe you're like not here with me and Jenny talking, I know that the vibration of this is going to start reaching other people and I'm going to be engaging with other people. This is the most I've engaged in months a lot of it has been very selective when i'm on with my personal or even with on the spiritually intimate account it's been very selective the times that i feel called energetically to engage which felt really weird for me except for this week it's all starting to make sense because i've been applying it and i've just been trusting it and i've been following it because it's like in order for me to do the things that i want to do i need to be in a complete state of just 
observing and really truly listening. And I can't be listening if I'm trying to sit there and create what I think needs to be created right now and regurgitating a whole bunch of stuff. That doesn't work for me. I need to be in such a deep state of honoring that, which can seem really wacky in the middle of it because I was really starting, I was like, I don't know, like this doesn't feel like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like my brain just started overthinking it so badly. And I think like right now, there's probably a lot of you that are listening to this and maybe this is what it why I needed to say it was because you're probably doing the same thing right now. There's something that you are being led to do to feel better through this whole experience, to really help you level up in your own spiritual um, ascension right now for you to be able to continue working on you and to do the things that you need to do. But the external has been so loud and it's doing whatever it's doing that it's taking you away from that. But there's probably something you're getting intuitive hits on. And whether it's showing up in your gut or however it's, it's, it's presenting itself, it doesn't make any logical sense right now to you. But this is where I'm encouraging you, and maybe don't even listen to me, this is where you check back in with self and your connection to God and source and creator and divine, and you check in with yourself and lean in and be like, what does feel right for me? And just leave it at that and not try to make any logical sense out of it. Because I feel like that's literally what we're being called in to do right now, especially with the energy of the retrogrades. We have many retrogrades going on right now. Everybody usually always focuses on Mercury, which we were talking about that. But there's like, how many more? What do we have? We have five in right now. There was five. um, There was five in retrograde a little bit ago. And then Saturn went back direct only to have Mercury go retrograde and make it five again. (laughs) And Mercury is the one that a lot of people feel, you know, the most. We've Mm -hmm. talked about that before because it is a closer planet and it goes into retrograde multiple times a year between three and four, depending on the shifts and stuff like that. So, yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) And retrogrades, you guys, this is about slowing down and going inward and reevaluating and being more present with self and, and trying to just like trust more and surrender more and kind of release control over certain things and just quiet it down a little bit and just clear out. Yeah, clear out, decondition, like what belongs to you? You know, what are you here to navigate? What is your alignment? It's it's so important. And that's the only way that we're going to kind of step out of that fear piece of the collective, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really going into, you know, what fears do belong to us individually and what fears um, don't belong to us individually. And um, those fears, you know, this is something Blair and I've talked about um, quite a bit, especially after, you know, navigating human design and, and realizing this. there's a lot of forms or paths in this lifetime that will tell you everything has to be done in love and not out of fear. That's a huge concept, even within like A Course in Miracles, which I absolutely love. But Um, where some of those things, not the Course in Miracles in general, but just the concept of, you know, not being fear driven and addressing everything out of love. While that is a beautiful concept, it discounts the fact that some fears are for us. Mm. We each come to this lifetime with fears. And again, just taking it back to human design, um, fears can live in, fears obviously live in our splenic center, as I already mentioned. Fears can live in your ajna, um, which is just below your head, 
um, it's also called the mind and some human design calls it the mind. Um, I call it Ajna because I think that's a really cool word. Um, and they can also live in your solar plexus. Um, and then we have pressures that live in the root center. And so those fears that are for you, once you understand those fears that are for you, you can um, navigate them and understand how those fears actually work in your favor and how you switch those fears and you take them from a place of kind of holding you still and holding you captive versus how do you turn those fears into a motivator? How can you shift the way, how, how can you shift your perspective and have those fears guide you energetically? Um, one of the, one of the, do you want me to give an example of that or? Yeah, because I think this is huge right now, especially because it's like, if we can look at right now at collectively at the external, how could th this stuff be serving us yeah. for a greater benefit? Because right now I do think people with, when they're stuck in a, a deep fear cycle as looking at fears as all the negatives. So I'm glad that you went there with this is recognizing that there are some fears for us. Yeah. Because this is recognizing that right now we have an amazing opportunity to look at the fears that are being driven and be like, but how can I learn here, grow here, or what here is for us and is needed in yeah. order for like bigger shifts and things to be happening down the line. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like if you're going to the grocery store and you, and you pick up an emotion and then you amplify it, same thing with picking up fears and they can grow there, you know? And so once you do know those fears and you navigate how to shift them. So one of the main things, and you guys can all like go run and get your charts real quick. This one fascinates me so much because it's not in my chart yet. It is so loud and real for people who do have it in within their charts. Ooh, and, I'm going to grab my chart right now. Oh, you, no, it's in your chart. <laughs> she already knows. Jenny knows my chart better than I know my chart. <laughs> um, and it is the 28th gate coming out of there of the Splenic Center. And the 28th gate. Um, oh, I was just reading about this in my gene keys. You guys too. That's the other thing. Like human design and gene keys. Those two together, like for me, has just been making my brain explode. It yeah. always makes my brain explode. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's really great stuff because both uh, that, that part of human design, the gates in human design and the gene keys are based on the ancient Chinese I Ching. And that's mm -hmm. why you have them kind of um, collaborative together and this overlapping, they are their own modalities, but, um, uh, but they do fit because they both take from that ancient Chinese I Ching. But anyways, so that 28th gate, one of the fears or the fear that is attached to that is the fear of dying. But it's not so much the fear of dying as in not existing anymore. It's more so the fear of dying without having served your purpose. Oh my God. Yes. That's like a huge one for me. Or like when I, when I don't feel passionate about something. Yes. And I think that's what this brought up in me. Sorry to like segue, but just so oh no, like, like in this moment, what I was like, oh, but if I'm not creating or speaking or sharing or doing what I naturally do then I'm not being passion led and passion driven, which then leads into the fear of if I'm not passionately led and passion driven, that means my businesses aren't growing. And then that if my businesses aren't growing. That means I'm not making income. If I'm not making income, then I'm not providing for my family. If I'm not providing for the family, you know, like I li it literally, you guys, it can literally start flowing. You see how that can go, right? It's just like, and then what, it, what does it lead to ultimately? everything leads to the fear of death eventually. Like I'm going to die. Cause like, if I don't have money and I don't have this, and I'm going to die. So yeah, no, that's literally where my brain goes. So the minute you said that I was like, it isn't, it's not, not so much the fear of dying at the front of it. It's that passion. If, yeah. if I don't have a passion for something to create, Oh my God. Yeah. And I start 
freaking out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now some people who might feel like that might, they might look at their chart and see that this is actually clear for them. It's not defined, but you could still have this conditioned in you. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, on that, that's a whole different story, but, um, gate, you know, anyways, I'm going to go back to what I was, I'm not going to go down that tangent, we'll, we'll <laughs> for another day. but yeah, anybody who I've ever read with the 28th gate defined in their chart is, and I always say this and I'm just like, do you have a fear of dying or a fear of dying without having served your purpose? They're like, oh my gosh, it keeps me up at night. Like they literally, they feel it at their soul. Um, mm-hmm. I had, I did have one girl who was like, no, no, I don't actually feel like that at all. And I was like, really? I'm like, you're seriously my first of the, you know, hundreds of readings I've done that I'm like, can you, can you, can you talk to me more about that? Cause I'm really interested. And she goes, well, you know, I worked through all this shit I did a lot of stuff and I've done my shadow work and I've done this and like I, I got rid of that fear I'm like ah you had the fear yeah you recognized it and she made the shift on her own without having no human she was she was crazy I love reading her chart because she was so in alignment without even knowing human design she had just navigated her life and we got to talk about such interesting things anyways so she did still have that in her. It just currently wasn't affecting her because she had figured out how to turn it into that motivator. But she said no up until her thirties. Um, it was it was detrimental. And I was like, okay, so it is there. It was there. You just worked on it. Um, and so this fear it pops up, and it's not to hold you back. It's not to make you feel less than. It's not to make you feel fearful of when you leave this planet, this lifetime, or whatever. It's not about that. It's literally there to make sure that you're constantly. Strong driving and that you might be also that you might be multi-purposed for this lifetime you might not just have one purpose and so it's there to nudge you to not I always use this term I don't know why but it's like to not just rest on your laurels you know that old-timey phrase so you're not there to let rest on your laurels you're always there to continue pushing and moving forward and when you feel like you've achieved or accomplished there's always more to go for and so yeah. it's not there to be a detriment it's not there to hold you back it's it's there to inspire you to never give up. And so when you see it that way and you feel this fear coming up, like, oh my God, what, what's my purpose? What am I here for? Oh, wait, I already know what my purpose is. Or how can I reassess my purpose and, 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 and refocus it? That's what it's there for. And that little shift is huge. It went from fear-based to all of a sudden you're in this place of empowerment. Mm-hmm. And that is what any of this conditioning in our charts can do. So that one is really so loud because I don't have that. So I don't, I've never experienced that fear of dying. Like I'm like, not that I'm like wanting to or anything like that, but I don't have that. And I also don't have that fear of not, I don't, I don't feel like I know my purpose fully, but I don't have that fear of not having served my purpose by the time my, my end does come for this lifetime. Yeah. Like I, I don't I also- feel that. It's not even so much for me thinking about my purpose for me. Um, and I think it's when I, I read more with the 28th gate because I was literally just learning about it because it's it's paired against the 50, 55th gate, which I was talking to you about with the gene keys. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. But it's not just for me within my own purpose for myself, but it's like my purpose for like the collective, right? Like when I think of like a grand, like how do I serve others and what is that there? Like that starts to flip me out too. Um, or it has flipped me out. like you guys, I mean, it's totally fine to like have still the things that trigger you or be your fear, still be your things. Like, cause just like Jenny says, it becomes the motivator for me because I recognize that that does allow me to continue working and asking those questions of like, but what do I want to do? Which again, has led me into this period right now where I'm really honoring gate 13, 
being the listener, listening with love. I'm really listening to the heartbeat of the collective right now. And I'm really allowing myself to be in the energy of it without letting it totally consume me and flip me out by other people's emotions, other people's fears, other people's thoughts, other people's everything, and just feeling it and seeing it and observing and being very good about zooming out of it and just being like, interesting. I wonder why somebody would feel that way. I wonder why somebody, people would be acting this way. I'm interested. Why would somebody, you know, believe in that or support that or whatever? I'm just being very like trying to be very, um, understanding and having like a, a whole new level of just understanding for humanity, like on a whole nother level that I've never experienced. But it was interesting that you were saying that of just like that, that you have to feel that fear. It, it's there for you to be the motivator. And Mastin Kip, I think is who said this. I was listening to him. It was either in like his book. I was trying to find it because I'm like, I swear it's Mastin Kip. Um, claim your power, I think is the audiobook that it was. I could be wrong, but I really feel it was him. He said something to me that really stuck with it. And I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's somewhere along the lines of like, in order for you to receive the thing that you're wanting, you have to experience the, the polarity of it because then that's how you can really even understand, right? That you've received that other thing. It's like, you have to experience I can't even remember how he worded it but it's like okay so for example if you're somebody who's really like striving for something in terms of maybe like I don't like a financial gain or something sometimes you experience the opposite of that and then like a financial loss yeah and then that also helps you appreciate the other side of it Exactly. Um, No, I totally agree with that. And I think that people need, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We're not afraid of the shadow work. We encourage the shadow work. We have to embrace the polarity in everything. Mm -hmm. Really, just the acknowledgement of the polarity will take us to another level. And, you know, this is just me, you know, speaking for me, but um, goes back to about the the dark night of soul. But this fear that um, humanity has and people's um, requests and desires to go back to normal. I mentioned to you this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. This is just me personally. Like, I don't think that there's a normal for us to go back to. I think there's, there's going to be pre COVID and there's going to be post COVID, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm personally looking forward to what we look like on the other side of this, because when you experience a dark night of soul or you experience the polarity of a loss or a trauma or a fear, and you come out on top, there's going to be a shift. Now, it might not look like something where our grandkids are reading in the history book. And it's like, and then one day on January 1st, 2021, <laughs> the world changed. Everybody grew purple ears and loved each other. Like, no, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a subtle thing. But I don't think, and I, you know, I don't want to be all grandiose with this. Cause I know there are some people out there that see the others see is very woo woo where they're like, there is no normal. We're not going back. But I really do feel that we're not going back to the way that things were. And we should no. all be excited about that. We should be excited because, um, this is, I'm just going to totally steal the analogy that I told you before we started recording. I wasn't even planning on sharing this, but, um, there's that whole cliche of if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I feel like we've been living as a collective humanity, um, not recognizing what's broke. 
oh, in yeah. humanity in general, not, not just, you know, we already said, this, we're not talking about just the United States, we're talking about collectively in humanity, the whole entire collective, we haven't acknowledged what's broken. And now in the year 2020, of course, clear vision, we are seeing what's broken within humanity and we're having to address it. And then after we've addressed it, we all have acknowledged it, then we can heal it. And then we can be ascended on the other side, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we are very much, in my opinion, in this state of we're seeing what's broken and now we can fix it. We were all blind, you know, living, you know, 3D. I, I love and hate these terms at the same time. I'm living in the 3D existence and now it's time to um, change what that, what that means, you know? And so we are recognizing collectively, fear-based collectively, yeah. what is broken. Sometimes well, that's what it takes. And it's funny because we had, um, we had a client of ours ask, uh, for a topic to come up on the podcast about like sharing the good, the bad and the ugly of a spiritual awakening, which we will, we're going to do a conversation around this specifically because we feel like that's a pretty in-depth conversation. But I, I started chuckling and I was like, basically right now, like, look around. This is basically what, this is what it looks like on a grand scale collectively yeah. you guys this is look the good the bad left. and the ugly of a spiritual awakening like everything yeah. look to the left look to look the right, right. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. everywhere you can look right now i can see that um you can, I can see all I, of it you can see the good the bad and the ugly no matter where you look yeah you, you see know. the polarity everywhere you're experiencing all the things um in the heal method that I created and I've worked my clients through and this is a lot of the work that I do when I'm working with a client is a lot of this subconscious reprogramming, healing of traumas, going through the shadow work, deepening their connection with self and source and, and really learning how to trust themselves and also trust the guidance that they're receiving, um, from spirit, right? Like, and really just like, kind of, it's almost like, um, this is the work, right? Like the work is the work. It's always going to be the work and you're always going to, this is what it's going to look like for, you know, just as how, how you move through things. And the very beginning of that program, I, I tell people, it's like, it really is kind of a breaking down of all of these old paradigms that you've been operating from that do not serve you. And with it, it can create a lot of like, spiritual flu symptoms and these massive awakenings. And it's, it's a lot of this like shining light into the shadows. It's like, I always tell my clients, it's literally like opening up that closet or room that you have literally packed everything into that you don't want to fucking deal with or the closet. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the closet that you're like, I don't want to go in there. And you've just shoved everything. And we, but in order for us to shift and move and change, which I know is what the collective wants more than anything right now is they want drastic change. Like, so when people say, I want to go back to normal, no, you don't, you want to change. Yes. You wanted to change then and you want to change now. You at the core of everything you want change. And in order to do that, now it's just in our guess face. what? Yeah. Guess what, you guys? We're opening up the nasty closet. The nasty closet that has been closed in all of our lives, but also as a collective and also within every system that we've been operating through in every which way you can possibly imagine is being opened right now so that we can see it. We can let it breathe. We can bring light to the shadows. And go, oh, I didn't realize that that was happening in that dark corner back there. Holy shit. Look what happened. There's a fucking uh, a rain leak from a tree that hit the house 20 years ago that I didn't even know was there. 
Yeah. And it's been rotting our house. And it's no wonder we continue to keep having these problems in the other area of the house because we never knew where the source was. Now we get to know where the source is for a lot of things. And that's the other thing I think Mastin Kip, he talks about this. And I loved this. It's kind of like, he talks about like wounds are very much like if you, you cut, say you cut your leg and you don't properly clean it and you just try to bandage it and then you're walking around on it. Yeah. Eventually it's like, you're going to have to deal with it. It's going to get infected. It's going to be whatever. Like you can't just not properly give the wound the care that it needs. And I think that's what we're exposing right now. We're exposing these big wounds that we didn't realize that we had collectively mm-hmm. all together. And we're just letting them breathe. We're cleaning them out. We're doing the healing work. And yeah, it fucking sucks sometimes. Being on a spiritual journey isn't rainbows and butterflies. And me and Jenny have always said, we're not the toxic positivity. We're not going to sit there and tell you just like affirmation things to death and just like visualize your perfect life. Not to say that those aren't things that I don't do, but if you're only doing those things and you're not doing all the other things of like really addressing like, you know, other things that are like creating the stress in your life and really bringing in love to those areas and to those shadows like you're going to continue to keep perpetuating and feeling it. Absolutely. And I think that, 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 you know, I, (laughs) I'm giggling about bringing it back to human design just for our (laughs) separate conversation before this, but, um, you know, talking about those, those traumas, the collective, you know, there's the collective traumas and there's the individual traumas and there's the traumas that are, um, traumas that belong to humanity. Mm -hmm. And, um, within those open centers, as Blair and I were talking about earlier, you know, you can take on other people's emotions, you can take on their fears and things like that. But the other thing that happens in those open centers is that conditioning and traumas do build up in there. And we can look at people's human design charts and I can look at your chart and I can predict based on your upbringing, what traumas you have in that certain center. If you have that emotional, um, if you have the open emotional solar plexus center, um, if you, you know, I can, I can predict if you have, um, well, it's not a prediction because I'm not making it up. It's literally right there. Um, but I can tell you, I can gauge that you probably, um, have feared confrontation and I yes. can tell you, yeah. I have I, a fear of confrontation. Yeah. And I and can I almost the center. go ahead just list it all off and I'll probably go yes yeah me too me too yeah and I can tell you how that probably developed you know how that and I'll tell you guys real quick how that that just that one specifically develops is that um let's say you had a parent who um who responded in sadness or anger when you when you went up to them or when you had a concern or when you questioned you just when you question them why are you doing that like why did you yell at mommy or why why do we do it that way and they just happen to be in a bad mood and then they turn to you and then they they project that emotion onto you like you are a child you are her to be seen not heard those kind of those kind of things or um just feeling bad about um the way that they responded so it's not even necessarily the response and the words that they said it's the emotion that came with it so when you question their authority or when you question just a simple a child a small child being like why do you do that or why does that happen and the response elicits a sadness or an anger well you now feel that 
Mm-hmm. And so now not only are you feeling that sadness and that anger as your own emotion, but you're also feeling responsible for making that adult feel that way. And then over time, when you have these similar interactions, you recognize that you feel a certain way when you question authority or when you question somebody's motives on something. So you shut down because it makes you feel bad and poorly because you've taken on that emotion. And in addition to that, how the responsibility of how you made them feel and then how it made you feel emotionally as well. So over time you recognize and you develop this pattern of I'm not going to confront people, especially people who who um, hold those same characteristics as this person that you had these negative interactions with. And so over time that develops and then you stop being a quote unquote truth seeker and, um, and having those confrontations. Now, here's the kicker. Did you want to um, interject anything? On no, that? I'm just saying all that lands yeah, pretty heavily. You. Yeah, you're shaking here. <laughs> it's like the whole time. <laughs> I know you guys will only hear the audio, but we do this on Zoom so we can actually <laughs> she can see my face and I'm like, yeah, she's like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's me, yep. that's me. Um, but now what if I told you, so this just kind of shows you guys going back to the, like, um, embracing, you know, the fear, but then switching it, the same thing goes for traumas, seeing the lesson in it. So with then now I'm going to tell you guys this with that open emotional center, you are, that is the low end of the spectrum of the polarity. You are not here to not confront people. You are not here to not seek the truth. It's actually quite the opposite. You are here to seek the truth by confronting people. Once you learn how to shut off their emotions as your own, once you learn how to, another popular phrase in human design is be, um, be a filter, not a sponge. So you let things pass through you. You don't hold on to them. So when you recognize going into a conversation, this is going to piss this person off, but that anger is not mine. I am not responsible for it. I'm responsible for the truth that's behind and underneath the anger and so I'm responsible for finding that truth so when you step into that and you're able to recognize that this emotion is not from you or of you because of you or yours then you can step into the highest um exaltation of what it means to have that open center and you can confront people and you can help find the truth and bring the truth and pull the truth out because you've learned how to kind of put that protection on um that your younger self your inner child couldn't do didn't have the tools for didn't have the comfort for and so these traumas can live in all the different spaces within our human design we should probably do another call like maybe just specifically all of that kind of running through those like we did for the embody girls we did that yeah yeah if you guys don't know that so me and jenny also have well, you have two, well, hold on. Let's start with the embodied thing. So my brain could go like a million different places with this. Me and Jenny also, we have a monthly membership that we hold for, uh, for women to come into that are on this spiritual journey that they're, you know, working on further embodying the work, whatever yeah. that looks like for them. This is not a space that me and Jenny come in and we're like, we're the gurus. Listen to what we have to say. This is more of like a learning space that we're all bringing our own things and our own kind of like energy to it. And me and Jenny, we love to be able to offer support and stuff. And we're, we do, you know, we're coaching in there and being able to better support people and giving them resources and stuff like that. Being our projector selves. Being our projector selves. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we do offer support in like a multitude of different ways and talk about the things that me and Jenny are really passionate about and support our clients with, but it's ultimately for women that are really just looking to, um, to step more into their own discernment of yep. their own journey and really um, embody all that. So hence why it's called body. And Jenny did a beautiful- community for 
conscious women. <laughs> for conscious women, yes. It's for the conscious woman. Yeah. Even if you don't think, even if you're somebody who's like, I don't feel like I am a conscious woman, but you're in that energy of like, I would like to become more conscious. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like, this is it's, for it's everyone. It's funny when we say it that way because like it sounds like such a serious title and it's, yeah. like, it's not that. Yeah. It's not the that. conscious woman. Me and Jenny are definitely not serious when we come to our no. spirituality. Hello. Um, uh, Jenny, though, you shared, we have a membership site as well. It houses all different types of trainings. So I have like meditations and things on there for the women and we continue to keep growing it and adding to it. Um, we just literally started this membership, um, at the beginning of the summer. So we're kind of like, we're continuing to grow it and it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow, um, with all new wonderful resources and things like that. But Jenny, you did a wonderful series in there about talking about where the traumas live within your human design yeah. for the girls. That's, yeah. It was, it was really cool to put that together because when you can see and recognize that things don't belong to you, you can kind of, you start to give them less power. And um, so, yeah, so I did a series, there's nine centers in human design. They can all carry traumas, but um, I did the, I did the most effective ones, the themes that I saw that I see running um, throughout uh, our community right now and throughout the collective and stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. It was a really but, well, I hate to say fun because trauma is not fun, but when you <laughs> get to the bottom of it, it is. So yeah, it was really cool. You know, the worthiness piece that can live within our open heart centers and the G centers, how, you know, we can have this like lack of identity and then the open throat and the open, just all these different things, these traumas that can live, um, you know, even in that way. So we've talked a lot about the spleen and that being the fear center and how um, instability and uh, aversion of codependency can live in the open um, splenic center. And the trauma there is that a child doesn't feel safe. And so they will gravitate towards their parents. Now, if their parent is a little bit more hands off and the, the child seems clingy, then all of a sudden this child is called clingy, they're called whiny, they're called needy and all this stuff, these negative connotations that these people have. And then what happens is they then grow up and they will attach themselves to the first defined spleen that gives them, makes them feel safe. And this can be very detrimental because what if that person is a manipulative person and realizes the power they have over this? And these are things, these are patterns that we really see. I'm not just saying like a one-off narcissistic um, conversation or um, a relationship. This is mm -hmm. like, these are patterns that we see and this is why we talk about them. Um, so yeah, that series is really cool to, to put together for the girls. Kyle um, has a defined spleen. Yeah, I have a defined spleen too. Not surprised. Oh, that's probably why I feel so safe with both of you too. Aww. Is that safety that you guys? Yeah, there there is a safety piece, you know, and that and that's trauma. That seeking safety outside of yourself that is a trauma, you know. That really is that it, it's a trauma. Um, it's good to feel safe with certain people. That's great, but when you're seeking it out, it's when anytime we seek something out, it's an abdication of authority, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, no, that series was really cool to put together. Yeah, and then you also have though something on your site and, and you guys all put information in the show notes. So if you're interested in anything that we've been talking about, if you're interested in learning more about the Embody membership, there will be a link down below, um, to be able to email us and get, gain more information about that. Um, you want to uh, talk to Jenny about getting a reading. Like I know a lot of you guys are like, where do I even look at my chart and start understanding all of that stuff? Jenny, that's what Jenny does is she does readings and she does the most amazing readings you guys ever. I um, mean, 
<laughs> she does really good readings, you guys. Um, all my clients have done readings with her and they're always like, oh my God, afterwards, they're like, what the fuck? Um, so Let definitely. her be my cheerleader again. Because <laughs> you're so good. So I'll put that information there too, but you also have something on your site in terms of with the fears. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's not a reading. It's more just like a PDF, um, based on your chart and everything like that. It's called fuck fear, um, redefining fear through your human design. And it's basically just, um, like a PDF, like, uh, it depends on how many gates you have activated, but like a six to 10 plus page PDF where I kind of talk, uh, it's just talking about all the fear that shows up in your chart in the splenic center in the ajna and in the solar plexus and how they show up but then also i give you the switch so you have the fear and then you have the switch so how do you turn that fear into a motivator and then there's an affirmation to go with it and um they've been really powerful so far because it lets you see that and then if you get your if you get your report and you let's say you have this fear this huge fear of failure but it's not in your report, then you know that that's conditioned. And this goes back to the recognizing and releasing I was talking about earlier. Oh, that's conditioned. And then you can think like, well, who does have that? Oh, you know what? My mom always felt like she was a failure or she always, oh, that's where it comes. Okay, that's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. But if you do have fear of failure in your chart, then you can look at that fear of failure. And how is that going to switch? How do I turn that into a motivator? I'm not here to fail. Nobody's here to fail. Nobody's here to have that fear of failure either. But what's the polarity what's the opposite end of that where is the as we're talking about jinkies where's the city of that you know and so that's what the report does and I also actually add in the pressures from the root because those can show up and feel like fears so I felt like it was important to include um those in there so yeah it's just an assessment based on people's charts on where the fears so they know what lives in them and what's there to serve them and and what's not and so they can release those so it's kind of oh like God. threefold <laughs> I love it Oh my gosh, you guys, this was such a power packed conversation. So I know. I feel much. like we're all over the place and it was wonderful. And I don't feel like it was so much all over the place as just like, it was all in a good way. I meant that in a good in way. A good way. <laughs> we could have gone all sorts of many directions. Oh my Most gosh. conversations with us are all over the place. They kind in of a are. Good way. <laughs> this was obviously a really good one. If you guys really enjoyed this conversation please by all means share it with your friends share it with your family share us on the gram i usually i called it the gram this time usually i call it the social <laughs> <laughs> i usually call it ig but i called it the gram too yeah <laughs> i'm trying to be cool and hit to I don't, the now. I don't know. Does, that us, does that make us cooler or not cooler i, I don't know as i'm starting to approach 40 i'm trying to keep my hip card as long as i can <laughs> Try to keep your hip, hip card, not your hip replacement, right? Hip, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to say hip to the now. But I feel like that probably even ages me saying hip to the now. <laughs> it's hip to be square. <laughs> oh my God. That makes me feel so old right now. Oh my gosh, you guys. So if you really enjoyed this, obviously share it with all your friends. Give us some love. Um, like I said, we're going to have information in the show notes for anything that we shared today that you can gain more information on. Obviously go follow us over on Instagram if you aren't already. So you can check out all the wonderful new products and resources that we have been creating for you. We have a new, new, new product line that is going to be launching here like very, very soon that we're really super excited about yeah. amongst other things. We have a lot in store for you guys in terms of products uh, to better support you guys within 
your spiritual journeys and to be able to utilize as we continue moving and shifting through this massive shift for all of us. Um, and again, if you guys have questions, feel free to message us on Instagram or email us. However you want to connect with us. We would love to hear your questions or topics or things that you would like to be able to see us discuss more by all means, please let us know. But otherwise we enjoyed having this conversation with you. We love you guys. And you want a little funny antidote before we head out real funny, Always. real quick. I just, when you were just saying like the shift and everything like that, it reminded me of when the video that we have, we might have to share this on our social just cause it's fucking funny <laughs> where we were about to do the workout and it was called, I don't know, we allowed to say things, right? Yeah. Shift shop. And you're like, you're ready for shift shop. And I said, hell yeah, shit show. And I'm like, <laughs> right now. We're shit, shit show. show. <laughs> like hell yeah shit show <laughs> that video that i actually had actually i should go back and try to find that because it's literally like it's an entire that video montage that compilation. Yeah. it was like a vacation that me and jenny were on um like it was a business uh trip that we were on uh, like a business rewards trip and i took literally every single moment that i had had with jenny <laughs> that i recorded i think on snapchat for the gram, like, for the gram stories <laughs> It was for Snapchat though. I oh, think is when I was, I was overdoing oh, God, snap at the Snapchat. time before, okay. if, before Instagram had stories. Oh yeah. It was all in the Snapchat back then. <laughs> but I'm dating it big time. <laughs> I know. And I took all of it and I was like sitting on the plane heading home and I was just like gonna miss Jenny. And I remember this because we had to exit the airport and Jenny had to go one way. And then like a whole bunch of us went the other way. And Jenny was like, <laughs> why do I get to go this way? And all you guys get to be together. Like what the fuck? And I was like, oh, Jenny. So then I like, I was like, I'm gonna make her feel better. And I'm gonna put this whole thing together. And you messaged me, she's like, you said, I'm making something for you on the plane. I'm like, is she knitting me a so now I made her this video and it's like the best video ever. Yeah, we're gonna have to share that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Of Jenna. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a video of me. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> In true projector fashion. Anything old is about me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just me. I'm so seen and validated right now. So seen and recognized. Oh my gosh. I feel like the only other side that I feel like manifestors probably get this too, because we always joke around, like I'm raising two manifestors, FYI. Insane. And I'm like, oh, you guys, it's not all about you. I know you think it's all about you, <laughs> but it ain't. <laughs> oh goodness. When does the mama get to be recognized? The projector wants to be recognized. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so real though. It really, that desire, that desire, that'll be, that, that should be a whole other topic, seriously, just for like projectors and that need for recognition and people who aren't even projectors so if you, if you have them, one in your life you yes, know what it means to them love, yes you can learn how to love them for reals like we always joke it's hard out there for a projector it is hard out there for a projector <laughs> it is it's i feel like we could probably them. even do that that we could probably even talk about even each design that would be fun yeah. you talk about each design and so like if you are one or you know one Yes. how to love them a little bit better because I know like, I mean that, I mean, for Kyle, my husband, who's a Manny, Manny Jen, there are certain things that because I've understood now more of who he is, I 
can honor that a little bit more. And it is like a game changer when I do something that's so Manny Jen for him. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't know I'm doing it. He doesn't get why he loves it, but damn, does it light him up? Oh yeah. It's the same (laughs) with my oldest, you know, with my oldest, I know he's a, he's a manifesting generator as well. And, um, if I would have known that when he was younger, I could have parented him very differently. Um, But now that I do know, and he's a teenager, um, I can parent him in a way that is way more productive for him and our relationship. And it makes me feel really good uh, as he's going to be entering adulthood, you know, in a handful of years, that me treating him the way he needs, deserves, and expects to be treated on a soul level, that that is going to give us a better adult relationship as well, because he's going to know that I understand him in a different way. He might not recognize it. He might just, you know, hopefully he just thinks I'm a really great mom um, (laughs) to make up for the years that I maybe wasn't the best mom for him specifically. Um, And so when, you know, when you do know your loved one's designs, you can really give them what they need and you don't have to go they don't even have to people don't even have to know as now we're just totally off topic <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this it means we didn't cut it <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome or i mean thank you for still being here it's a um, bonus episode of the episode. Bonus episode here um but yeah so you when you have a loved one you don't have to know as in depth as you and i even know if you can understand the basics of their energetics of their strategy and their authority you can just understand them so much more. It's not something, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound intimidating. Like, Oh, I have to know everything about everybody in my life to like treat them the best. No, it's just the basics. If yeah. you knew the basics about, so when we talk about, Oh, we know how to work with our manifesting generator, her husband, my son, like we understand those, uh, it's one, one, it's one eleven. I was going to say it's one eleven right now. <laughs> like one, one, I'd say before it turns to 12. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or then it doesn't count. <laughs> it didn't exist. Um, so yeah, so just the basics can really help you. Um, and then what it actually does is it helps the other person actually step into their authority more. When we, as projectors, when we do get that recognition, when we do get that acknowledgement, it lets us know we're on the right track. And though we don't want to rely on it, everything does come back to self. So even as projectors, we do have to understand how to self-recognize. And I struggle with that. And um, you know, Here she says it. Yeah. It's painful for us to admit. We know. Yeah. Um, I have self-recognize. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, but but we seek it from the exterior. So when our, when we do get recognized from the exterior, it does make us like happy and recognize. And so if your loved one knows that you need that, like I always say, now I don't have conclusive proof of this, but uh, for the people that I talk to and I work with a lot of people within human design, obviously, but to my knowledge or to my, um, experiment I guess you could say it appears that most projectors love language a lot of us are familiar with love languages um is quality of time or words of affirmation yes both of those (laughs) things exactly both of those things lead to the recognition piece that we seek before the invitation so if you're getting words of affirmation it's like oh yes tell me tell me how good I am at this yes this feels good it feels and it feels better to us anybody likes a good compliment right anybody likes a compliment but a projector 
but a projector literally lets a, it lets us know that we're on course that somebody sees us and that we have value to provide to them which is what we're here to do as projectors and so it just means a bit more and then if somebody gives you their time then that means because me i feel like it's quality of time then words of affirmation i know from for a lot of projectors it's kind of the opposite but for me it's quality of time and then words of affirmation because if you're willing to give me your time then all of a sudden that means you recognize me you see me that means i'm 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 I hate to use the word worthy because worthy is a whole different piece in human design, but then I'm worthy of you to spend your time with me, to give me that, that time and tenant and intention. So. Love. I know you guys, we will, we're going to do a whole bunch of different episodes. I think really breaking down certain things because human design for, for me and Jenny, we do love to geek out on it. Um, oh, obviously. <laughs> oh my God. Big time. So we'll definitely, we'll have more conversations like this amongst other things. But again, we love you guys. This time we're really ending it. Yes. <laughs> we really mean it this time. All right. We love you guys. We will see you next time on the show and we will be talking soon. Bye.